Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your host, Sam Fain, joined, as always, by Todd Gershel and Mike Molesky. Mike, how are you doing? Fantastic, as always, Sam. Happy to be here. Great. Todd, how are you? Doing great. Feels like no time has passed since our last episode. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been, uh, it's great. Really looking forward. Uh, the road to Galacticon continues. Yeah, indeed. And in this episode, not only is it going to be the road to Galacticon, this is the Chronicles of Galacticon. Yes. We are going to literally take you from the very first Galacticon all the way up to last year's Galacticon, year by year, filled with tidbits, tournament winners, all sorts of wonderful stuff, including special guests, guests that never were, guests that we wish hadn't been there, maybe. I don't know. All sorts of wonderful <laughs> conversation uh, around that. But before we get into that, let's hop over to the opening bell. And I have to say, I am beyond excited, thrilled, over the moon, just joyous, rapturous even with the Trago Synthes announcement. Uh, this was a, a name that, that was shared with me when they were in the maybe stages. And even that was enough for me to just be like, oh man, I hope this happens. I really want this name. This is going to be so great. And then I heard nothing for like two, three months maybe. And I was just like, oh man, it must not have happened. And then lo and behold, here we are. Bob Backlund is in the game. It Mike. happened. It happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, a great, great signing uh, uh, for the, the game. I think it's, it's a great addition to this particular set. I think it's one that should get a lot of people excited. I mean, you have a, a prominent world champion uh, with a great career, uh, great comeback story about 15 years later. Um, you know, just a, just a great name, great wrestler and, you know, uh, really fitting to, uh, to have him here for the, for this set. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's worth noting that, you know, this is a, a guy who had, of course, an amateur wrestling background uh, in the late 60s and early 70s for North Dakota State University. Um, he uh, trained for uh, professional wrestling in the early 70s and you know, rose to prominence uh, in the National Wrestling Alliance and won the NWA Missouri Heavyweight Championship, which, of course, is a title that we've talked about before on the podcast. Uh, Chad Olson suggested the book of the strap to me, which is an incredible book that chronicles the entire history of that championship. And Backland was one of the holders of that belt. And it was really uh, sort of, he was being groomed at that time for what was to come. And the Missouri heavyweight championship was kind of that, you know, that final stepping stone for him before going Northeast and becoming a WWF champion. Um, And just, I, I, I mean, he had an incredible run. Uh, of course, he was the final champion, um, babyface champion before uh, the the transitional champion, the Iron Sheik, uh, gave way to Hulkamania and Hulk Hogan. Uh, the fascinating story that I've always heard about Backlund during the time where his career was kind of in the wane, and he, he you know gave the belt uh, to to Sheik, and then kind of went to the background and eventually just faded away altogether, was that he didn't think anybody wanted to see him really anymore. Um, he didn't think that, that, that he, you know, was going to kind of be, um, a, he didn't think that he was going to have much of a career and, and, and that, and that people would necessarily want him to be, uh, uh, in the spotlight anymore. Uh, he, you know, 
stuck around for a little bit. Um, he even at one point wrestled Rick Martel for the AWA World Heavyweight Championship, but he really, you know, decreased his his bookings quite a bit. Uh, and when he returned in in 1992 um, to WWF, it, it, I mean, I can just remember vividly uh, his return and 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 how incredible his character work was, and and how he was so different from the way that he was. Unbeknownst to me at the time, because I wasn't familiar with that early run, but now looking back be more familiar with his earlier run how different of a character he was uh and yet still um able to go in there and entertain and, and put on good matches and of course his feud with bret hart was big for me because i was just a huge huge still am huge bret hart fan um but yeah an incredible addition to the game such a cool name the artwork i think is just lovely uh and i'm thrilled to have him todd anything that you want to add about bob backland no, I mean, definitely, you know, huge name uh, to add uh, to this uh, set. Um, you know, I, I'm sure a bunch of people were really shocked here, you know, some of the reactions there about seeing such a big name ahead of the pre-order. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, you just, just, we, we might have some other guys coming up. We'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, personally, I didn't see a ton of backland. I came kind of came in after his initial run and then, you know, I faded in my, my kind of like, you know, later high school into college years is when he kind of had his comeback. So I didn't see a ton of him personally, but obviously just know the aura of him and kind of the, the, the legend of him. And it's really cool to kind of have, uh, you know, such a, such a great uh, guy in there. And I think probably some of the other stories, just knowing of him is just the lore of him in his later years, like just the, the, you know, the, the, the crazy exercises he does and like how he's still out there and kind of a, kind of a real character in real life. And, uh, you know, I hope to someday uh, be able uh, to meet him for myself, but uh, really, really thrilled to have him in the game right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I should also note that uh, I think it was Chad Olson that, that told me that, you know, with his autobiography, which I unfortunately I have yet to read, but I hear is, is quite good. Uh, Backland from all American boy to professional wrestling's world champion, that the book basically stops when he loses the championship. And that one of the reasons why I kind of much like I was saying earlier that, that it stops is because he didn't necessarily think anybody would want to read about what came next. Uh, and, and I'm shocked by that. Cause I'm just sort of like, man, there's still so many great stories. Uh, and, and, and great things that you could, you know, that you could touch on. Uh, so hopefully there'll be a, a part two. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, promoters, now's your chance to to write your own story with Bob Backlund. Uh, there's just so many opportunities, so many people to match him up against, so many dream matches. Um, you know, obviously well known in in the era that he's represented on that card as a babyface. But there's no reason why you couldn't turn him heel as he was later in his career. And uh, there's just a lot of really cool stuff you'll be able to do with him uh and like todd's saying you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> so uh we, we've got more in store for you um speaking of more in store for you origins 2137 of course is also right around the corner and tom has uh of course told us last time out that we would be getting a, a brother and sister team uh for our next two announcements and it is it is now the sister has been announced a female competitor, uh, Hyla, um, with with her little buddy Flaunch uh, there, uh, represented in the artwork. Uh, very cool card, um, and can't wait to see her, her brother and hear more about that team. Uh, Mike, anything you want to add about Hyla? No, I mean a very unique uh, character. I think I, I, I'm, I think people will be very curious to see sort of the direction uh, that 
Tom goes with this, but I, I think, you know, very unique, very cool. Um, and again, I'm going to kind of sound like a broken record from last episode, and uh, but uh, great artwork from uh, Daryl Banks. I mean, I think it's, uh, mm-hmm. he, it's, it, this is one of those characters that could have, I think what is very difficult to conceptualize and to get such a great drawing out of it is, uh, is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of, you know, one of those things that makes me think a little bit of uh, the classics era with uh, Thetis and Vortex, uh, seeing, seeing this artwork here. Uh, Todd, what about you? Thoughts on Hyla? Yeah, no, definitely made me think of uh, those early classics years there too with with that team. Uh, Yeah, it'd be really, yeah, obviously anytime we get, you know, some new adamant is always kind of fun. Uh, So uh, definitely looking forward to kind of seeing how she fits in anything. And and it's kind of cool with, you know, even though we haven't seen her brother yet, but it's kind of cool recently all the male-female pairings. So, you know, beyond just tag teams, it's kind of like these, uh, you know, mixed tag teams or couples or whatever that are really uh, so prominent now in the GWF and kind of adding in another one uh, here uh, with this team is is pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think that there's certainly... Uh, an argument to be made that you, you know you've got one of your your stronger women's divisions right now in in the GWF than uh, than, than we've had in, you know in a long time. Um, there's some really great names, and uh, I think Hyla is going to be just a great addition to that. You know, there are some incredible incredible women, of course, from the past that I think uh, um, you know are towering figures in the history of the GWF. But that said, when you just look at the quality uh, of the competitors that we have right now, and and the sheer number uh, of women that are active uh, in the GWF. It's, it's a pretty great time for, for the, uh, the women's division and, and Hyla, I think will be a really cool uh, addition, but you're right. Having those pairings, you know, it's kind of interesting and gives you the opportunity to have some of those mixed tag matches, or of course, you know, Hey, if you're a fan of, uh, of intergender matches and, and what the Indies are doing these days, you know, let's let all the boundaries come down and, you know, just have one big division. Why not? Um, so uh, uh, I think that's all we've got. Um, you know, I don't think that there's anything else. Todd, do you have anything else for our opening bell here? No, I don't think so. I think uh, let, let's get on to the reason we're here. All right, let's do it. It's time for the main event. We're going straight to our Chronicles of Galacticon. We, of course, start all the way back on July 21st, 1990, the Sheldon House and, of course, Tom's own home. Uh, the latest set released was War Games 2091. Todd? What do you what do you have to tell us about uh, 1990? Well, this was uh, the year before I even started playing, or you know, I obviously <laughs> been seeing it for many many years in the well, not many years, but you know, a few years in the PWI magazines. Never, you know, jumped jumped in. Uh, eventually, I jump in the ring and brawl uh, the following year. But uh, kind of just always hearing the lore of this one. I know we had Tom on last week and Mike on two weeks ago. Really, kind of talking about it in depth about, you know, just people not really sure, you know, what to do. Uh, you know, I, I don't know um, how much, you know, I was not a super report uh, uh, subscriber back then. Uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, wasn't into the newsletters until the promoter started, uh, you know, two years later. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how much was kind of talked about in the, in the newsletters then and you know, how much was planned to kind of seem that they, people were just kind of, 
just going to come and see what happened. Uh, I think eventually we, we heard that um, I think Myron Coleman just got people started and whatnot and, and talking and sharing their feds. And I think they said even uh, the, the, the idea of a tournament didn't even occur to anybody <laughs> until, you know, the second day and they're like, Oh yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> which is, which is wild because by the time, you know, I started coming tournaments were such a big, uh, big part of the con. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is kind of crazy to think that, yeah, that there that there wasn't a tournament at that at that first con. Uh, well, Mike, I think there was one they said. Uh, I think Mike said last uh, two weeks ago, but uh, yeah, <laughs> right. But not in, yeah, not not an official uh, uh, yeah Galacticon Cup. Surely wouldn't come along for a few more years. But uh, Mike, any thoughts on the very first Galacticon? Well, I mean, it was just it was a fun time. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I was playing the game at that point, but I, I did not, I didn't, uh, as Todd uh, said it for himself, I didn't subscribe to the Super Report at that point. Uh, my friend Jeff did, and so I was sort of in the loop on some stuff, but I definitely uh, didn't think about driving out to uh, historic Jamestown, New York at that point. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that, that War Games 2091 set that had just come out was, uh, I mean, iconic right yeah. i mean that was that was that was huge that was the you know spike you know uh, uh cleansing and you had mayhem and i mean that was just a just a very memorable set so i think that uh it was kind of, it was it was a cool time to be a gwf fan yeah i, I absolutely i mean uh, that was four years before i started playing i started playing in april of uh 1994 i almost said 2094 <laughs> um, so uh, uh i've mistakenly written gwf years on checks and, and on uh, emails <laughs> in the past before like what are you talking about 2080 <laughs> uh, the pains of being a fan um but no it was yeah that that was such a great set and and there were so many cool things happening and i can remember um that you know i took those early years up till about 2091 or 2092 you know fairly slowly and it wasn't until maybe you know uh i got to 2092 when i really just kind of you know dived in and 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 storm the ring and brawl. Uh, uh, and I think I didn't get really, I wasn't current with things, uh, which I, which I skipped a few years, uh, honestly to get there until 2109. So I, I was always a little bit behind, but I have fond memories of that set and, you know, Matador and justice and Lance Atlas and just, you know, just, just such a great set. Um, I, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you, you know you kind of just think about the opportunity to have been there at the very beginning and knowing that yeah. we've you know had some of those folks on the show and we'll and we'll have a few more on the show as as, as we continue on the road to Galacticon. I, I love hearing the stories from those days. Uh, and Tom, you know, last week of course talking about the fact that it was you know that it was very much just kind of like oh yeah you know when you're done there, come over to my house and you know we'll 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 hang out and I'll fill some orders and I'll you know it it just it just I don't know. It's so cool. So, so different yeah. from the way that you would imagine things like that, honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Having the barbecue at Tom's house. And then when I started coming later on, that's when all the food was at the Sheldon house. I think it, it, it continued that everybody would just go over to Tom's house for you know, a number of years, I think up until probably at least Galacticon 8 when I was kind of reviewing 
uh, you know, some of the, the different reports and whatnot that it always tended to be there. But I think Tom eventually moved and he was no longer in walking distance to the Sheldon house. So they, you couldn't do that anymore. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's kind of cool that, yeah, you were able to do that. Now I think we, every, you know, later on, we'll get to it there. We, they, we, everyone did eventually go to Tom's house again, you know, one year, but, uh, um, but yeah, that, that was a, a key part of it then. So uh, after that very first year was successful and, and the realization was, hey, this can actually work and we can do this, uh, there was year two, uh, August 17th through the 18th, 1991. Uh, Todd, walk us through that year and what was going on in, in GWF history. Well, you know, that's, you know, uh, just looking through the Chronicles, that the, the latest that Galacticon never started, August 17th, really at the end of the summer uh, there, and most of them tend to be in July. So that, that was the latest one. Uh, I know when we had Mike on two years ago, he mentioned how Steve Minskoff was talking Tom into, hey, you know, you could do two sets a year instead of just one. <laughs> and it looks like he took him up with that advice after the first Galacticon because we did have, that's the first year we had two, you know, 2092 came out late, you know, I think in the, the holiday time frame, and then 2093 a little bit before uh, this con and that was like the end of the uh, era for uh, uh, of the Chuck Carter era. Uh, one other big note I will say um, at this Galacticon uh, was the debut of a tournament that would go on for years, and that is the Canada Cup. Uh, I think, uh, as Mike mentioned uh, there, uh, the Canadians uh, dominated all the tournaments early on, so they decided to have their own tournament uh, in a <laughs> format that has, uh, has, has gone on, I think, almost every year since, uh, you know, with the uh, four-round Robins. So however many people wanted to be in it, you know, we could, we could uh, adjust it and then have the big final four uh, uh, Titan death semifinals and the big old torture chamber finals. It's been tradition. Ever since that second Galacticon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, thinking about the history and going over some of the history, thinking about those tournaments and just like the, the you know, we talk often about like our own personal feds histories and, you know, uh, the, the, the old rankings or, or match results that we keep and, and stuff like that. But to think that, you know, that there's 30 years of, of, Canada Cup results, you know what I mean? Like that's just really, really cool. And 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 same thing with you know with the the Galacticon Cup, which we'll get to later. Uh, that that even though we all have our personal history, that there's like this this con history uh, of results and matches that have taken place there. And we've heard a little bit about that. You know, people have talked about some of the matches they played in tournaments there and whatnot. Uh, Mike, any, any thoughts about that second year or 2093? I mean, you know, I think it was, again, I mean, the end of the Chuck Carter era, I think is probably the most notable thing about 2093, but also, I mean, war gamers in general was just a great uh, cycle. I think it was so many good uh, stories and it kind of, it was the first real storyline we had with the GWF. If you think about it, like before then it was just sort of updates, you know, and then it became like, you know, we had, oh, this is, you know, expansion one, expansion two, effectively with the invasion series. Um, and, and then, but when we get to war games, it was sort of like the first, you know, new story uh, that, that, that Tom wrote uh, as an arc. Um, and so that was kind of cool to, to have that wrap up with, uh, with that last uh, set. And I think that the fact that, you know, you can do something once, and that's cool. But when you get, when you come back next year and do it again, I think that's also the the, the cool thing that, that that it was going to be something that could continue, and it wasn't just like a one hit wonder. 
Yeah, uh, that, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I loved, uh, you know, Tom's confidence in, in, in mm-hmm. saying that he kind of always imagined that this would be something that that there would be, you know, that there would be a con and that, you know, and that it would continue and that there would be the opportunity to continue this kind of uh, creation of this community and, 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 you know, continue to stoke the fire of that. Uh, but, but that said, you know, until you're actually doing it, you just never really know. And so to be able to see that uh, it was successful for a second go around and 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 many many more uh is is great um i you know 2093 man there there were so many cool uh uh bits of, of that particular storyline including of course the collector coming in and uh and seeing the change of uh renegade to cannibal of the headhunter i remember for me specifically it was one of those things where i was just like wait what's happening now um, i because- love chopper matic I, I thought chopper matic was a great uh, yeah i mean that, that one didn't quite stand the test of time like uh cannibal did but but it was to me that was another cool one that he took these two different guys and you know I always wondered, like, you know, the Norse gods, when he took them in, like, what would have happened? Like, you know, that was the, that would have been a heck of a team. Right. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, but uh, yeah, Snake it's, it's cannonball. Was it the, was that their name? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what if that's what, what we if? need now we need a, we need like a, what if series, uh, uh, more, you know, just more sets for you guys to produce and, and, you know, right. copy edit. Uh, <laughs> So the very next year uh, for the third Galacticon, uh, we would move to an earlier date, which would be June 27th through the 28th in 1992, back at the Sheldon House, of course, with the latest release being Sudden Death 2095. Mike, uh, talk a little bit about that third year, maybe some of the things that we've got here on our notes. Well, I, I think it's. A, I think that was the first year we did that night at the matches happened. I think, or at it, least, it, became known or, as that. I think people yeah, maybe would, right. would like go to some hotel rooms with an official thing. Right? On the yeah, yeah, I guess the, the the first year that we officially had that, which obviously you know is a tradition that's endured uh, pretty much ever since. So I think that's that, that's probably the most notable thing about that con uh, from not I won't say my memory, but from what I've learned about them over the years. <laughs> yeah yeah my my uh, reading some of the old reports i think they said the it was at the comfort inn they had a conference room there and i think they were there to the wee hours in the morning something like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning uh you know crazy japanese wrestling that a lot of people had never seen people were just blown away couldn't get enough uh and tim dalton would uh curate that for a number of years uh later after that Nice. Yeah. The, you know, it's funny because, uh, when it comes to things that, that I, that I missed out on night at the matches is certainly one of those things that had I been going early and been playing the game or, I mean, at this point in time, I was only like 11 years old, so I probably wouldn't have made the, the con, but that said, uh, um, the, you know, the, the, the sheer amount of wrestling that I could have been exposed to, uh, earlier, uh, would have been very cool and not, and not unwelcome experience, but you know, it was only a few years away. I think it was around 96. Uh, you know, 97, 98, when I first started kind of, you know, doing the tape trading stuff and, and starting to get in on the, um, the death matches and, and such. So I was, I was only a few years off, um, you know, sudden death, it, it's worth talking about, you know, much like Mike mentioned about war games here was something that was really kind of, 
um, a defining moment for the GWF that now we have this set where not only um, are, are we kind of pitting these teams against one another and raising the stakes, but putting the power to decide in the promoter's hands, you know, like, like one of these teams is going to get banished and you're going to be the deciding factor here. So you're going to have to, you know, send in your ballots and you're going to have to let us know what your results are like. And I think just a really, really cool moment for the game uh, in general. Um, without obviously going too in depth, do you guys have any, uh, any sudden death memories? Well, I think, I think it was the first, you know, it talked about war games being the first story arc that Tom did, but sudden death was the first uh, arc with real consequences, right? Yeah. You know, where, you know, guys actually, you know, were forced to leave the GWF. And so I think that in addition to um, it being notable for, you know, sort of granting the power to the people, so to speak, when Tom, you know, had the promoter votes. But I think it was the first time there was like, ooh, you know, there, this, it's not just somebody loses the match. They, they, they lose their career kind of thing. So that was, that was, I think, a notable thing about the sudden death years. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it was definitely one of the debuts of one of my favorite GWF guys of all time, which of course is Raven. Uh, and, and, uh, of course there was also, um, Thunder, um, you know, in the mix as well. So, uh, just a, just a cool set overall and, and, and some really cool, uh, uh, cards and, and, you know, updated artwork for some guys, uh, including a new, new killer queen piece, which I always thought was incredibly intricate. And I remember, you know, the, the black and white drawing being kind of like, all right, this is cool. But when that card got colorized, uh, for the online edition, I just loved the coloring. I thought the choices that were made, it just, it was, it was one of the, um, you know, not that other cards didn't translate well, but it was one of the best translations from black and white to color, uh, that I had seen up to that point, honestly. Uh, so then we'll move on here to the fourth year which would be uh june 19th through the 20th 1993 um we've got revolution 2097 and the debut of two special edition cards draconian chic and johnny rocket todd tell us a little bit about that well yeah so that con very early uh mid-june so um you know i think before i even got out of school i mean we'd be having that con like right now pretty much yeah yeah pretty much right now (laughs) that's fine uh yeah i i the draconian chic and johnny rocket i remember i was just kind of pulling out just a show on the zoom here unfortunately listeners can't do this was the ad that ran for almost a year in the in the promoter just for four dollars, four dollars, four dollars, you can get that Draconian Sheik and uh, Johnny Rocket cards, which has gone in the triple digits in a couple auctions uh, mm-hmm. since then. But uh, I did not realize until reading the Galacticon report that that's where they debuted, and I think after that, then they were made available to all pe- uh, promoter subscribers. I just thought it was promoter one, but everybody at Galacticon got. It. I don't know if it's for free or you know for part of your admission, but. Ooh, that's got up. I, I, uh, yeah, it took me years to track those down because I that was right before I started subscribing to the promoter. I think when that was running, and I never saw the ad and never got the cards until, well, sometime in the last fifteen years. But uh, <laughs> it took a while. It took a while to track those down. 
Alas, yeah, it'll take me a while longer to track them down, I'm afraid, uh, yeah. and, and deeper pockets. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I can remember specifically um, when I did start playing the game and, you know, of course, you would get the great little, you know, catalog uh, of other game editions and cards that were available. And uh, my mind always just exploded at the possibilities of, of Johnny Rocket in potential, in, in particular, because it was just like, this is a card that I feel like would really change the way that I play the game to have like an interview show to have. And I wanted that card so bad. And I don't know why I never pulled the trigger on it. Cause it was still available, you, you know, by the time that I started playing, I just, uh, for whatever reason, I just never ordered the special edition card. I just kind of stuck with the sets up until, you know, maybe like 2000, 2001 or so. And then I started ordering everything. I was like every special edition, every limited edition, everything, you know, I'm going to get everything. <laughs> um, but there's, there's obviously there's a gap uh, of cards there. And, and by the time, you know, the, uh, uh, I had the draconian sheet card that came out later. So I never felt the need to go back and try to get the, the original. Cause at the time, like the collectability of the game didn't necessarily fire in my brain. It was just about having the, the characters, you know, for my fed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what a cool, yeah. What a cool moment. What a cool tidbit that those cards were released at a Galacticon, um, moving right along our fifth Galacticon. And the first one that I would have been, actually playing the game for uh it was august 6th through the 7th 1994 civil war 2099 uh had just been released and in the notes here todd you 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 put something very interesting tell us a little bit about that note yeah so yeah civil war had just started uh you know the uh gladiator teams against each other and Tom did something that I think you do a couple times later on, but this is the first time of it, is that he had a special sneak pre so the sneak peek of Overkill that would come out in 2100. But if you came to the con, you got that special sneak peek card. Now, I do have a copy of that one, which actually I think was a little different than the one that actually wound up in the set itself. Uh, I think that in later on years, there would be some collector's packs. Another thing where Tom would have some of these extra bonus ones lying around that I was able to get a copy of this one. So it's a little bit different, but this was pretty unique that you can get the jump on the regular play other players at the time just by going to Galacticon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A cool, cool little uh, concept there and something that uh, I think, uh, promoters would love to see repeated uh, mike what are your thoughts on that uh on that special release of overkill yeah i mean another innovative thing that uh that tom did there i think you know again that was a card that took me a while to track down because i didn't know about it for a while but uh but i did eventually manage to procure myself a copy <laughs> Uh, I can, you know, I remember finally the Civil War years uh, because, uh, you know, the funny thing is that that was kind of one of the years that I almost started to skip over just so I could get caught up, you know, and uh, and then, of course, you know, the the idea of Gladiator versus Gladiator was too much. And uh, I started playing that year uh, um, in earnest. Um, and I'm pretty sure I spent the summer uh, at my grandparents' house or a couple weeks at my grandparents' house. And I took my, my stuff with me. Cause I, at that point, I, I, I want to say, well, no, this would have been a couple of years after the fact. It wouldn't have been when the set was released. It probably would have been more like 96. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I can remember all summer long, pretty much just, just, you know, rolling out cards for that year because uh, I wanted 
I, yeah, I just wanted the gladiators to fight one another. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I just wanted gladiator on gladiator action. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say there. Uh, I also in my reading there was another special card that was given out to people that year, and it was a Bob Hoffa special edition of Maxine Babe. Which, if you have a copy of that, I know a couple of us got it later on. Uh, very interesting card uh, that was given <laughs> out and never publicized anywhere ever outside of Galacticon, but a uh, fun card. <laughs> yeah, it must have been cold in the room when, I when think so. he drew I that think card. So, <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. Uh, year six uh, would have been July 15th through the 16th, which is a little bit more of a traditional time frame yeah. um, for Galacticon of 1995. Mega Tournament 2101. Uh, interesting note here. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, about that note? Well, that yeah, we got here. I, I think that was the, the first, that was the first, I'll just say famous special guest, you know, of, of Galacticon where, you know, we wound up, uh, having a uh, Dennis Drew, I think it was of uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs fame, uh, uh, show up for at least a part of the con, and I think that's probably memorable if you were there. I know, you know, obviously I was not, but but it was that would have been a cool kind of thing to just see somebody like that stroll up and sit down and have some uh, bite to eat with you, right? <laughs> uh, Todd, any thoughts on this year? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, so I guess he was a, a family friend of Tom's and thought, oh, it'd be cool to kind of hang out, you know, come over and hang out and whatnot. I think he was, you know, enjoyed the game too. Just, you know, wasn't as maybe as hardcore player as Galacticon people. Uh, but I uh, definitely wanted to, you know, come out and, and hang out. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I guess really the first kind of special guest of, of, uh, of the con, which is, is kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, um, Mega Tournament twenty one hundred one was just a great set. Some incredible cards. You know, um, Pegasus. Um, you know, is back. Uh, Vengeance got a cleansing. Um, you know, just some really really cool cards. Wraith's first card, I believe. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, just just some some cool stuff going on in that particular era uh, of the GWF. Um, and, and of course, we got the 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 patched uh, one-eyed pulsar card uh, as well, uh, which I just remember, you know, being so devastated over the fact that, you know, we had pulsar prime for, for all too brief a time in my mind. I, I, I wanted to see him just flourish. Uh, no, actually I thought it was a really cool storyline. Uh, so for our next year, uh, year number seven, lucky number seven here, uh, July 27th to 28th, 1996 back at the Sheldon house in Jamestown, New York. Once again, special guest, who was our special guest that year, Mike? Brian Bendis. I mean, you know, who is that? I I, I haven't heard of that guy. I, he he goes. Most people call him Brian Michael Bendis now. I don't know <laughs> something like that. I don't know. It's just something like that. But he, I think he did some things in comic books. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Drew, drew something. I don't know. He, he drew something. Wrote something. I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh no legendary legendary uh comic book writer uh, uh more well known for his writing than for his art and and of course i'm sure there are a lot of promoters out there that have feelings uh we we've heard that that the q and a that with him was not necessarily the warmest reception um but uh nonetheless you know just a towering figure in in the comics industry um maybe if people knew what he was going to go on to do they would have been nicer uh <laughs> we also had 
sudden death returning 2103 quite a shocking year uh you know we had a, a death in the ring um and uh, really kind of just just amped up the the storylines a, a great deal uh with crossfire's death that year um any, any thoughts uh, about that particular year for galacticon or 2103 todd um yeah i mean still a couple of years before i started coming i did uh, notice there that, that that was also the tom debuted a couple bonus items uh for your fed there there were the there was a double team chart which i know uh i no longer have in print but i know is always asked about by different people i use and that then, chart i use that chart every every time i have a tag team match oh, i love that chart that's good. Well, I'm, I'm sure it might make a comeback uh, later on this year. But uh, And then uh, also the tally sheets, which I still do have in print. Uh, the tally sheets are still around there. That uh, Kind of the predecessor to some of the game boards that people are using uh, these days. Uh, but that was an easy way for people to keep track uh, of all their different uh, counters and stuff like that. So uh, kind of some kind of nice little extra bonus items that Tom had available at that point. Yeah, very cool. I like I said that double team chart. I think just injected a lot of life into my tag team matches. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, to this day I still use it all the time. Uh, year eight was July nineteenth through the twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. Back at the Sheldon House in Jamestown, New York, uh, CPC twenty one oh five had just been released, and uh, we get the early release of Lycosa and the NGO Invasion, Mike. Talk a little bit about this year. Uh, the NGO invasion, probably uh, the most notable thing that happened. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's, uh, th- that was really cool because it was the first really, I think, you know, truly professionally done uh, bootleg set that was ever done, which I think makes it notable on its own. Uh, Lycosa, I know, was a very popular character. Um, the whole CPC storyline there, I mean, it, yeah. th- that's a, you know, I mean, it's a kind of a, a big year, uh, you know, all the way around there. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I know I enjoyed the, the whole CPC storyline quite a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, without a doubt that the CPC storyline, I think was just a defining moment for the GWF and, and probably, um, just brought together so many storylines and, and, and just challenged, I think the perception of some of the talent within the game. Um, and, and of course created an incredible kind of, you know, invasion storyline that, that was, you know, coincidentally running concurrent with, with, you know, the, the real life invasions that were happening uh, in, in other feds, but the uh, Colby Pelf corporation certainly made their, uh, uh, impact to, to say the least. And some really cool action took place over those few years. Um, Todd, any thoughts about that particular era or, or Galacticon that year? Well, you know, I, I was not there, but I did get the t-shirt that was released at that con, the uh, GWF versus CPC shirt. I did get that a couple of years uh, later on. I did never dig an NGO t-shirt. Uh, to my dismay, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did uh, miss out on uh, Big Chatty Cool and uh, what was the Tim's character there? I, I was going through going through some other ones there, but yeah, definitely I, I, I wish I could have seen that uh, whole uh, skit that they did, uh, and I think they did another one uh, the following year too, but uh, definitely a lot of fun. I think uh, uh, cool to kind of see a lot of, you know, people really having fun with with the whole convention and then everyone kind of playing along with that 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and having heard stories about that, um, I, you know, I, I just think it was such a cool thing to have happened. And, and one of those moments that, you know, you can't really replicate, nor would you try to, but just a really cool kind of just moment for yeah. for Galacticon. Um, and, and if you want more details, uh, I did ask a question on the Q&A episode of Uncharted Territory about that. And they kind of go into detail, at least the details that they can still remember. Uh, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a really, really cool moment for that episode. Uh, I was going to bring that up myself. Um, but yeah, definitely check that episode out of Uncharted Territory. Uh, the guys definitely do a good job of, of talking about that particular moment and some, you know, some fun, uh, fun memories. Uh, year number nine, July 18th through the 19th, 1998, Shelton House, uh, Jamestown, New York, with a special guest. So wait a minute. No, he didn't show up. Greg Valentine, where were you, sir? Where were you? Uh, Mike, take it away. Tell us about uh, year nine, 1998. Well, you know, I mean, I, the Greg Valentine um, story was, was probably, or non-story, however you want to look at that, was probably, um, you know, the highlight slash lowlight of the, of the weekend. But it was something that really, um, I think, you know, obviously the, the whole thing turned into, you know, the, the promotional posters that Tom had like tons of um, became a popular auction item for charity that uh, <laughs> were disposed of by the winner. Um, I, I think I still have a copy of that poster somewhere. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to look for it. When I won the auction, you got two yeah. copies and one to be destroyed and one to keep. Yeah. And, and I, I believe I did destroy the one and I yep. did keep the other. Um, and I, I think I still have that somewhere and that might be worth something in an auction these days. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, uh, you know, we're wrapping up the, uh, uh, the CPC years and, and I think, uh, Todd, did I see that correctly? That, that there was a sneak preview of uh, a certain card. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, sneak peek of Mike Fortune. So, yeah, I, I don't have it in, in the notes there whether it was actually, I, I assume it was given out like the Lycosa and the Overkill, like he was to debut in the 2108 uh, set coming out later in the year. But I think uh, Congoers got uh, their copy then. And uh, to, to later team with uh, Mr. Valentine himself. That's right. Um, yeah, and we got some super cool cards, of course, in uh, CPC 2107 uh, itself. Uh, Rack and Ruin made their official GWF debut after having their Dimension X Classics cards. Um, you know, uh, Anarchy. Um, uh, there was a uh, um, cards for Commissioner Omega and Commissioner Morpheus, um, a special edition card for Commissioner Grogan. So some just really, really cool stuff um, from, from 2107 and, and with the Fed war kind of reaching its fever pitch. Uh, again, just one of my favorite periods of GWF history and, and, and one that um, even though I'm incredibly far off and will probably be in my 70s before I actually get to playing it again, looking forward to uh, uh, reaching uh, in, my, in my GWF Fed that I've been you know stuck in my classics era for a long time now uh so the next year up will of course be 1999 july 17th through the 18th shelton house jamestown new york uh special year we talked a little bit about this year uh a little bit more in depth with tom last week um but uh todd take it away tell us a little bit about 1999 well 1999 galacticon 10 was my first one in attendance 
Um, and uh, yeah, had always been thinking about going up there and uh, finally made the, the trek up to Jamestown. Uh, that Friday night, we had a get together at Honest John's uh, pizza establishment. Uh, I walk into the room where I assume everybody is, and I am greeted by Tom Filsinger and Jim Steele. And you know, I'm like, all right, I'm definitely in the right place. So uh, that <laughs> a great introductory to people that I would know for decades to come. Um, very, very cool. Uh, went to the con the next actually hung, was met everybody the NGO guys hung out at the hotel I think I think we was at the Comfort Inn then as well and uh, you know I think we were in somebody's hotel room watching crazy videos I was introduced to the NGO sets and uh, yeah welcomed me with uh, open arms that night which was really cool uh, immediately felt like part of the community which was great um, and then the next day. Uh, the NGO guys held a tournament. The winner was to get the Night of the Matches tournament. And being the tournament master, I, of course, won my first ever Galacticon tournament with my favorite Chaos. And uh, that was a, a nice way to kind of kick off uh, my Galacticon tournament uh, experience. Yeah, the, I mean, hey, what what better way to kick things off than earning your name? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um yeah, I, we you know we talked a little bit uh, again last week about the fact that this was you know the, the year of the end. You know, yeah. would this be the end that Tom had actually considered possibly ending things? Uh, and of course, he gave his you know his his, uh, his speech and, and and ended it with uh, that he you know he had to keep going. He didn't know what he'd do without it. So uh, it wasn't the end. It was just kind of a new beginning. And this was this was the time uh, the you know the year everything where I finally synced up and was getting like, you know, was, was current with the sets and, and actually getting them when they came out. And I remember being just so thrilled with 2109. I thought it was such a cool set. And I loved, you know, the, the following years going to Centra and everything as well. Um, but there was another set that was released uh, at Galacticon that year. And, and it was a set that I purchased that, uh, uh, or excuse me, no, I didn't get this one. I was thinking of Son of Bash. Um, but Galacticon Bash was released, uh, and there were some really cool cards in there. I believe that was where the Avenging Warrior card, for instance, uh, uh, made its debut, um, which was a, uh, a really cool, you know, kind of alternate artwork for Star Warrior. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, Mike, talk a little bit about that and, and um, you know, 2109 and, and Galacticon Bash. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, 2109, obviously an iconic set, you know, for all the drama, you know, all the, uh, uh, everything we talked about uh, the last podcast, as well as this one, I think made it very noteworthy. I think the Galacticon Bash was kind of cool, though, because we did see some of these, like, what ifs, if you will. And and I think it was a lot of neat cards. Uh, was that, um, Todd, maybe you, you remembered it, was that where we saw... Um, the alt version of uh, Dregs in, in, in uh... I think that was an earlier one. I do remember in this one had definitely had hunger and serpentine. Um, there was soul watcher in there. Ed Davis was at that convention as well. He drew a couple of the different guys through there uh, for that set, including soul watcher. Um, yeah. Forget everybody off the sniper. Top. Did sniper make that one? Sniper was in that yeah. one too. Yeah. Taking on uh, yeah, there's a couple of different uh, 
characters that get written into the GW that actually got written into the GWF uh, there as well. All right, then I was definitely thinking of a different set with Avenging Warrior because uh, I thought for some reason I thought that Son of Bass was the one that had Sniper and Hunger and Serpentine in it. So um, oh, that was Galacticon. Yeah, okay. Then that was the then that was the set that I was thinking of because I remember Sniper and Tachyon and Hunger and Serpentine and, and all the rest. Um, Avenging Warrior would have been a different one. Um, but uh, uh, what a yeah, I mean, just what a, a cool little set. I mean, so many of those cards I used um, regularly. You know, I used uh, Sniper and Hunger and Serpentine and Tachyon a lot. Um, I used Soul Watcher a bit. Um, you know, mostly kind of undercard or whatever. But like you said, Ed Davis being there, uh, which create you know he's the creator of that character. Um, had a first bit. first set ever really set at Galacticon, I guess too. You know, because we there kind we of go about that with Tom that you know it wasn't the the, the GWF was not a re- was released at Galacticon weekend, uh, but this was a special set that was right. Um, so I, just a cool year and obviously one that we've already talked uh, quite a bit about. So, you know, worth, uh, just worth noting. And, uh, and now we can move on, uh, to, to, to Y2K July 15th through the 16th, Sheldon house, Jamestown, New York, uh, end 2111 and the the cotg comic book release the first charity auction the gwf files and murdoch release what a packed year there's a lot going on oh and and not to mention well we'll get into that i'll talk to you about my tournament stuff in, in a bit but yeah we didn't have a set release there but did have the gwf files uh, i looked at this the up the the guest list for the con and guest one of the special guests was Stu Lowry. <laughs> uh, this, who, who deserved to be a special guest because he wrote a lot of the, the files there uh and then of course we got that murdoch card along with it which was pretty neat yeah man that book i i can just remember getting that book in the mail and it, it was it, it just changed the way that i that i did my write-ups that i did everything because i had like official heights and weights now i had you know all this history that i could kind of incorporate in at my fingertips as opposed to having to either go back on my own results or go back and you know there was just it was such a great and you know hailing from i mean there was it really did change the way that i that i wrote up my cards having the gwf files uh, and of course murdoch was just a huge you know character as well uh, uh so thinking about the release uh of that and then of course the comic book um which i've never i've never seen i've never read i i, I knew it existed I, I you know again it was one of those things where i knew that uh it, it was out there but i just never got my hands on one um but yeah, another another big another big year. I mean, that's the cool thing. It's like uh, each year it seems like there's something cooler happening, um, which is which is pretty awesome. So, so, Mike, was that was this your first year then, or was you the next year? I was t- 2001. 2001. Okay, so this is the last year before you started coming. Then. Correct. Okay. This would be PM. PPM, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, let's get Mike there. Uh, July 14th through the 15th, 2001, the 12th annual Galacticon at the Shelton House in Jamestown, New York. Mr. Chuck Carter was in attendance, as well as Mike Molesky. Uh, we also had our first Galacticon uh, Cup. Uh, um, Mike, tell us a little bit about the tournament. Well, I, you know, the, 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 um, I think, to me, the most notable um thing about that was obviously i think what everybody is their first galacticon is like when you first walk in and who you meet um you know and i remember walking in 
Saturday because I drove down Saturday morning uh, with my brother and uh, we, we got in and we, you know, when you walked into Sheldon house, when you first walked in immediately to your left, Tom had like tables set up in an L where he had, you checked in and, and they had all the game stuff you wanted to buy and everything. So I, I met Tom and Leslie right away. And then they're like, well, you can go in over here into this room and everybody's hanging out. So I turn and I walk in and they had this piano sitting there and there was this sign that said, please do not lean on piano or put anything on it or something like that. And with it is the Galactic Cup is sitting on the piano. Right next to the sign. <laughs> I mean, literally dead next to the sign that says, don't place anything on this piano. And 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 standing there is Todd and Mark Ashby. And those are the first two people I met at Galactic Con, like that I actually got to talk to. So that to me was the that was the most notable thing about 2001 to me. Nice. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I want to real quick, I want to go back uh, and just offer a quick correction because we had mentioned this. So uh, I, I was all haywire. Uh, Son of Bash was the set that had Avenging Warrior. Uh, Galacticon Bash, of course, we've already talked about. The Birthday Bash set from 1995 was the set that had the dregs art that you were talking about. Um, yeah. So before everyone rushes to the message boards and, and, and to, to hit us with the corrections, we, we're on it this time. If we're going full disclosure, <laughs> I, said, I said instead of five to ten years later, Bob Backlund had his comeback. I said 15 years later uh, earlier. So I, I caught myself right after I said it, uh, you know, trying to grab the words out. So they're, they're full full disclosure so nobody can kill us on the, on the board. <laughs> we'll rake ourselves over the coals so you don't there have to. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know – 2001 um just obviously uh yeah sudden death 2113 so we've got another sudden death going on uh cory olsen wins the the galacticon cup with alpha force um which hey alpha and chuck carter the something. return of chuck and you can't forget about yeah the that's the big news that, that was that was sort of that was actually why i think that was ultimately what got me over the hump on going to my first one because it was always you know kind of in the summer and either I was on vacation or it was right around my birthday. Actually, my birthday is July 15th. So it was like right there. So it was, uh, but I decided, you know, the chance to meet Tom and Chuck Carter, like both was kind of like a cool draw. So that, that they, that's how they lured me in. Nice. Yeah. And, and uh, let me talk a little about the Galacticon cup and kind of where that came from uh, then since, yeah, this is the debut of it, as you said. So the year before in 2000, uh, I was like, well, I want to do a huge tournament. You know, I'm tournament master. I want to do a huge tournament. And I designed a 256 man tournament that happened there. And I set it up in the back room of the Sheldon house. And I kind of said, yeah, if anybody wanted to come in and play any of the matches, you know, we kind of did that. I remember the highlight was uh, Destruction 3000, uh, taking out AstroTurk in one move. Uh, <laughs> but it was just, it was a lot, you know, and I think a lot of it, I kind of had to catch up at night. And uh, then the next day we kind of played out the last 32 and I'm like, okay, let me rethink this whole, you know, what it means to kind of have a big tournament there. And I said, well, instead of doing just a tremendous number, you know, instead of quantity, let's go with quality. And so the idea came up of, well, okay, we have other different tournaments that are happening during the weekend. What if we have this capstone tournament? And so I designed, you know, I got a trophy together. I did a bootleg set that year. And that was, you know, I was selling it, I think, for five bucks just to try to be like, hey, this is just a fundraiser to help cover the costs of, 
of this trophy that I didn't know if people would be interested in or not, but really kind of <laughs> sure. took on took on a life of its own uh, after a little while. <laughs> kind of like the Stanley Cup. There we you know, go. <laughs> right. It, it, it. Yeah, but, but uh, no, tr- truly, every every uh, every Galacticon attendee's dream is to is to lift that cup up. Yep, yep, definitely. I, I remember we we caught it on, uh, many years later when Jack uh, got to do that. That we caught that on video. Uh, that the pretty iconic moment there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that was all the kickoff there. Corey Olson won the trivia contest that year. And uh, you know, won his way into the tournament, and uh, with Alpha Force made it to the finals. I think beating, I found it somewhere. I think maybe being Spike in the finals. I'll have to take a look at that later on. But uh, that that kicked us all off. Nice, uh, yeah, and uh, obviously, like say, having Chuck Carter there, uh, just you know, how cool is that? Um, you know, the guy whose art we'd been staring at for you know fifteen years at that point, um, and then now it bring us to uh, year thirteen, lucky thirteen, uh, July twentieth through the twenty fourth, two thousand two, uh, Sheldon House, Jamestown, New York, special guest Virgil. <laughs> We've all heard some good Virgil stories. <laughs> yep. I think there was supposed to be another guest there that something happened. I uh, had to back out the last minute. So, you know, when you call on Virgil, he's going to be there. So that, that was a hard <laughs> subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> that was your replacement there. And uh, I remember there's one uh, story that, uh, that I was told that, uh, you know, he, you know, everybody was in you know the one room playing and virgil had no idea what's going on he's like, what is everybody doing over there and he's like oh they're all playing the game he's like what's the game you know i just had no <laughs> clue what was going on around him but uh you know uh virgil was there selling his wares shaking down people left and right and uh a good time was having by all <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think i vaguely remember being shook down um <laughs> Uh, but uh, well, the other thing we didn't talk about these uh, few years is that while the GWF sets are being released, uh, we're also getting the CPC sets at this point. They That's were right. coming out. Um, you know, the two of them were both coming out. So that was when you know we were talking uh, last uh, podcast about how you um, you had the first hour people were reading. Uh, I mean, it was literally two books. People were trying to get through two different books. Like in the first hour of Galacticon was just absolute silence. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, if you started, you, in order, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you actually had to leave the room. Yes. People, people didn't want to be distracted. Well, yeah. And think about this for a second, which is just kind of cool to think about. The year 2000 saw three sets released. You had the end 2111, then you had Takeover 2112 and CPC Classics 2112. And of course, that set, uh, you know, was was a, a huge turn of the page for a couple of reasons. Uh, not only did you now have the secondary game line with with CPC, uh, but Mark Ashby was the writer. So it was the first time that someone other than Tom had, you know, had written a set. Um, and, 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 you know, that would continue continue for uh, i mean game years we had a cpc set all the way up until what 21 21 was the last that's what CPC i think yeah 21 21 that's what i thought um so uh uh yeah you know nine years game time um and and those cpc sets were great i mean i remember just enjoying the hell out of playing uh the cpc years um 
and then playing my own, you know, CPC fed on the side, uh, of, of my GWF fed. Um, and by the time we got to 2002, you know, it was, yeah, it was in uh, full swing with, uh, with 2114. Uh, you, you know, the interesting thing is, is that uh, Revelations 2115 was an interesting year for me because I remember getting that set and reading that book and feeling like something had changed, you know, that, that, that now we, you know, we'd gone from, especially with, you know, the CPC years being the, the fed war, then you had the end, then you had going off to Centra and things were definitely different, but it still felt kind of, it, it felt kind of small in a way because they were, they were off in this other dimension. They were kind of doing this own thing. And yeah, there was, you know, all sorts of weird stuff going on on Centra and the zombie plague and et cetera, but it still kind of felt a little bit more, contained and then you know we get back um you know things are kind of slowly building with with cordanus and the you know takeover years but 2115 just kind of felt like all of a sudden things got cosmic like things got big things got like this was now not just you know a struggle for the GWF. This wasn't just a struggle for you know this this far off planet in, in another dimension. This was now all of a sudden the entire universe is at stake, and and the battleground is going to be a GWF ring, and 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 so it just felt like the story really exploded in, in, in a way, um, you know, for the next few years uh, of game. So uh, having not been at the con, having not been there, I'm really curious as to if you guys have any memories about what the conversation was like at the time and, and what, you know, what the reactions were to where the GWF was going. Well, I, th- I think my recollection is, is that, you know, I mean, everybody loved the godsend character. I think that was, you know, the one thing I, re- I remember you know, it was the biggest I think the roster ever got was during that whole story arc yeah. leading up to 2118. I don't think before or since we've ever had a roster that was even close in size to it. So there was a whole lot going on storyline-wise, and everybody kind of had their favorite piece to it. But I think the one thing that was um, notable is I, I think Godsend was was definitely, um, you know, a... Uh, talked about a lot i mean todd yeah. do you is that your recollection yeah that seems to be my recollection as well yeah it definitely is a big yeah big character and a different swing with that and yeah tom really kind of getting into the whole cosmic end of things that was right after uh sudden death number uh three three had yeah ended. And, you know, the kind of shake out with that and some of the big uh, leaders of some of the teams were gone at that point. And, and he really kind of shook things up in a different way uh, than, um, yeah. Yeah, there were, there were some really cool cards uh, introduced, you know, that year as well. Uh, in addition to Godsend, you know, Swarm, uh, Toran, like there were some really cool, uh, uh, you know, new cards and just a great storyline. And I, I think that, yeah, you know, for, yeah, for me personally, like that, that year, just, it, it really kind of opened things up even more and, and, and really kind of, um, 
I, I think paid off the, the the comic book lineage of some of the earlier storylines because there had been some stuff, you know, like with Genesis and stuff that had felt very comic bookish, and, and you know, obviously that had always been an element. But this all of a sudden felt like you know this in so many ways felt like the GWF's Infinity War. You know, it was like this yeah. was the biggest thing that had ever happened. And 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 honestly, you could argue that you didn't necessarily know that quite yet in twenty one fifteen that this was just you know the beginning, but it, it certainly opened things up in, in, in a way that. Uh, uh, I didn't expect. And I was thrown a little off by it first because I had always really played my GWF as like just a straight wrestling promotion that happened to incorporate some of these big storylines. But now it felt like you really, you know, you really couldn't ignore some of the larger implications uh, of the things that were happening. And the same could be said for like the end, you know, and going to Centra as well. Um, but even that, I felt like I was able to kind of keep things fairly straight, you know, as far as a wrestling promotion, but this just felt huge. Um, so uh, for me, it was always a really interesting year and I was just, yeah, I'm, I'm always curious as to what other promoters mm-hmm. thought. So listeners, let us know what you were thinking when you read 2115 for the first time. Um, but you know, uh, enough about that. Uh, moving and on. I will say also winner of the Galacticon cup that year, uh, very deserving was Mark Ashby with, uh, one of our favorites Raven. I can't, I think I can't remember it was the original one or might've actually been the, I think it was the CPC version. C- I, I believe it was the CPC version. Yeah. Since. He wanted to represent CPC in that tournament. Uh, and yeah, that was cool that he got to win it with that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Raven's one of my favorite characters. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, the, the CPC version of the card, uh, arguably was, uh, was maybe just a, a titch, you know, tougher than the, uh, than the original version of the card. Um, but that'll take us to 2003, July 19th through the 20th, Sheldon House, Jamestown, New York. Uh, what a packed year. Um, we had Johnny. And some interesting Valiant. stories, I think, for Mike and I in this one, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, then I'm going to stop talking. Todd, take us away. Tell us some interesting stories. Well, I mean, for, for myself there, this is the Galacticon. This is the closest I ever came to not coming to Galacticon uh, in there. This was, uh, in the midst of my grad school and I was, uh, living and working in Atlantic city, uh, that summer and, uh, went up to visit my wife. We were living in upstate New York at the time in, in Ithaca and, uh, you know, visited her and she was nice enough for one of my few weekends. I was able to get away to be like, okay, let's go to Jamestown. <laughs> so uh, I, we know you want to go. So I miss on the Friday night. You know, this is really before everyone was really in contact all the time through the boards. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I didn't come until the next day around two o'clock. Everyone had finished reading their handbooks. And I remember I walked into the con around two o'clock and everyone's like, thank God you're here, Todd. We need to do tournaments and we didn't know what to do. <laughs> so... <laughs> So luckily I was able to jump in and kind of help get things kicked off right, right away there. But uh, yes, that was an interesting journey for me there, but uh, my road to Galacticon was not quite as interesting. I don't think as Mike's. It it was, it was certainly interesting. Um, I get a call the week before Galacticon from Tom and he's like, well, you live near New Jersey, don't you? (laughs) Like, well, Kinda, yeah. I mean, where in New Jersey are you talking about? And he was not talking about anywhere near where I lived. Um, he said, but I need a favor. 
I said, well, what's the favor? He said, well, I need somebody to pick up Johnny Valiant. <laughs> wow. So, so my brother and I drove up to New Jersey. I don't know what he was doing in New Jersey, um, but we picked him up and, you know, it added probably two hours or, or more to our drive. I don't even remember uh, at this point, but we, so we're driving and it's my brother is driving the car, Johnny Valiant and I are in the car. We're all kind of talking and Johnny Valiant is on the whole trip to Galacticon. He is luscious Johnny V wow. the entire drive. And, you know, even when he's like sort of slipped out of character, he was still like on. So he just entertained literally the entire time. I mean, I got to hear stories about Andre the Giant that you don't want to hear about Andre the Giant. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's it was, it, I mean, it was just one nonstop. I mean, it turned into a thing like, you know, it, it turned into like this three-way comedy routine with the three of us, Johnny, obviously carrying the, the, the lion's share of it, but it was, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was, it was by the time, you know, he goes to do his bit, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he's meeting people and, you know, like, I'm like, I think I've heard this now twice, you know, like it's, it's, it, I mean, it was great though. I mean, it was, it was just so much fun to, to talk to him. And then uh, actually we, I get that as we're leaving, Tom's like, uh, can I have another favor? And I'm like, uh-oh, you know, what now? Is it, can you drop Johnny off at home? He lives in Pittsburgh. That's kind of on your way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. But evidently, Johnny, like, insisted on it because he evidently liked, you know, Kevin and I and didn't want to, like, break in a new uh, travel partner. So it was oh, like... Wow. Yeah, and so, and so I, I actually he signed uh, something for me right at the end. I forget. I have to pull it out, but it was like it made a joke about the drive. Um, so I'll have to uh, see if I can find that. But it, I mean, it was he was just tons of fun. And by the end of the trip, like he actually, I, I we got to kind of talk to him as opposed to just Johnny V, um, which was that was also kind of a cool bit. Uh, was it was uh, you know we dropped him off at his uh, right near his mother's house, uh, but uh, it was. Uh, it was cool to just sort of get to see the man outside the character a little bit there. So that was, that was kind of neat. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, just some incredible, incredible memories. Uh, uh, again, you know, being shared here, uh, on roll up and, 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 and everywhere, you know, we've heard incredible memories over on Uncharted territory as well. And, uh, of course I have to talk to him. Tom. I think he may still owe me for that. Uh, I got to figure that out. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, in addition to, to the Johnny Valiant, uh, story, of course, is, you know, one of the reasons why Johnny Valiant was there was to help, uh, with the release of the Legends starter set, um, which was actually released ahead of the convention, but, um, you know, would certainly be celebrated that year. So now in addition to CPC, in addition to GWF, now we've got Legends, um, which has, uh, been just a crucial component of the game line um, pretty much ever since and has brought in many, many new players. And, um, you know, there are people who play Legends that have never played the GWF and there are people that have started with Legends and now they play the GWF as well. So um, what a wonderful way to kind of just open up the game line even more and uh, bring in more more promoters and more fans. Um, 
artist Hannibal King was also there. Um, and uh, Pete Frisco won the Galaxicon Cup with Pegasus. Uh, and the set that was released was Central Uprising 2117, um, which is. Just I, I think Pete, uh, probably, if I'm not mistaken, Pete was probably also a, uh, a winner of the trivia that year. Uh, I know he was a consistently in that uh the finals of the trivia tournaments around there so most likely he won a spot maybe he won a tournament and a, and a spot and got a first choice uh entirely possible <laughs> um uh yeah you know and that that center uprising set was so cool bringing back uh names like aegis and murdoch um into the gwf uh back from centra um lots of cool stuff of course the you know again the cosmic implications of everything that was going on you know was in full swing and and would continue in through the next year with the entropy set um you know speaking of that next year we would be uh the 15th galacticon july 10th through the 11th 2004 sheldon house jamestown new york what a cool year. We talked about this year uh, last time around um, on, on the podcast with Tom, so we don't necessarily have to go into it uh, as deep. But, you know, special guest, The Destroyer, Hannibal King was there. Um, New Beginnings 2119 is released. COTG Genesis and Early Classics released, um, as well as Bruce Beefcake and Buff Bagwell cards. So uh, just a packed, packed Galacticon with releases. Mike, as you said last time out, it was an awesome year. Tell us a little bit about the 15th Galacticon. Well, I mean, I was kind of excited and nervous about it i mean obviously you know new beginnings was a big deal because obviously you know that that was a big storyline um but then you know i had uh you know worked on early classics i was really excited to do that and i was really wondering what people would think of it um and you know you sort of get evaluated by your peers and it can get it can be really cool or it can be really ugly. Uh, and uh, fortunately, it was pretty cool uh, from my perspective. And then to be able to meet the Destroyer, um, you know, just, I mean, that was just cool. I mean, there were the, I, he was such a cool guy, the Destroyer. Oh, awesome. um, so, so it was just, to me, it was one of those like banner years. I mean, it, maybe it sounds a little repetitive, but it, it just was really, really, really cool. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't think there's any, any harm in, in calling it a banner year. I think that almost be, might be an undersell because again, when I was looking over the spreadsheet that, that Todd, you know, sent us to prepare for this, I did, that was the year that I zeroed in on. And I was just like, Oh man, like, you know, not only would that have been a great year to, to go, that would have, that would have been a year where, you know, I could have, you know, probably made the, made the trip. I was, I was still in school, but you know, it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been terribly difficult to, to make the jaunt. Um, and, uh, and that new beginning set was, uh, was great. Just a nice fresh start, especially after the events of entropy and, uh, you know, how things kind of wrapped up with that, that cosmic war, um, that, 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 you know, Tom had been writing uh, for a few years there and, and kind of really got us back to basics in a lot of ways and, and was a, a new jumping on point for new promoters that didn't necessarily want to start all the way back at 2087. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, fascinating because it, it does seem to me from my experience and you know talking with other people on the boards and seeing you know uh, feds and results and that sort of stuff that while there are certainly people that did indeed start with 2119 that more often than not 
you know, people do want to go back to 2087. And, and, you know, some people who started in 2119, you know, decide, oh, you know what, uh, this is fun. I'm going to go back to the, to the beginning. Um, you know, and, and then there are those of us like myself who are like, well, let's go back to classics. Let's, you know, let's, let's really go back to the beginning. Uh, start in 2074 and see what happens. But um, uh, yeah, just, it's, it looks like such a cool year. Uh, Todd, any of your thoughts on, on the 15th Galacticon in 2004? Yeah, so I mean, this is a big year. This is, um, yeah, I think a couple months ahead of that, uh, I uh, first met Chris Osk and, and Jeff Guthers in, um, uh, along with Mike in New Jersey and mm-hmm. uh, uh, at a convention there and saw the beginnings of the COTG, uh, COTG Genesis comic. Uh, or graphic novel uh, that they were uh, coming up with, which was really neat. And and seeing that debut at the con, you know, I guess uh, however many years before that, uh, about five or six years before that was the comic book. And now this graphic novel, uh, we still do have a couple copies of that one left though. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely seeing that. And then the early classics, uh, you know, Mike uh, having that then and really kind of tying together like all the different classics eras. I mean, it was really, uh, you know, I never really played the classics before and this gave a platform for that, which was uh, so cool and so crucial. So uh, some really, really great releases. Again, 2119, getting to almost like restart there. And so I remember, uh, you know, after this, I was kind of almost homeless at this point. This was after I was out of grad school and kind of before I figured out where I was going to be living. And, uh, you know, I remember taking uh, 2119 on the road with me as we kind of did some road trips, kind of figuring out where things were. So I do remember a lot uh, about that summer and, uh, and getting to go to Galacticon there. Uh, was great and kind of I think that's when I really started uh, getting some more friendships that's when Rob and I started getting really close was that year Uh, and then obviously you know meeting you know Chris and Jeff uh, guys who I still you know talk to uh, to this day so uh, really really important year I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I like what you said, too, about the early classics. Um, you know, everybody knows how much I love the early classics. Uh, um, I'm not just saying that to make Mike feel better. But uh, the the fact that we had these classic sets and, you know, they ended up being kind of more like a, a curiosity. You could use them if you were running like a Kronos Fed or something like that. But it was kind of hard to, to really run those classics years just based off of those classic sets that we had. And then early classics comes along and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I have everybody I need. Like now I can actually run those years with a full fed, you know, full roster, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention that that Genesis uh, graphic novel did come with a special edition card as well. That, that came yes. with the Jack Hood card, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, um, another really cool uh, side release, if you will, or included release with the, with the uh, COTG Genesis. Um, but yeah, just an incredible year. Uh, you know, promoters, if you were there, uh, let us know some of your thoughts and experiences on that year and what you thought of kind of the the restart with 2119 as well as early classics and genesis we'd love to to hear more about that and then of course any any stories you have about the destroyer i'm all ears for because uh you know the funny thing is is that had i attended that you know that I, by that time i'd already seen a number of his classic matches with like ricky dozen and and, and uh, giant baba and stuff like that so i i would have you know i would have been able to really appreciate the the man the myth the legend but um 
yeah, just a, an incredible year. Um, you know, speaking of cards subject to change, um, realizing the gargantuan task we set before ourselves, uh, it, it would just be silly for us to to give you a you know super extra just gigantic podcast uh, right now when you have all these wonderful good podcasts to fill your ears with. Um, you know, there's just um, uh, a lot of great content out there, so we're not going to overstay our welcome. Uh, we'll. we'll actually you know get through the second half of this next time around but uh uh, we're gonna give you one more year which is the 16th galacticon in 2005 before we head out of here um but uh just wanted to kind of let you know that we're not going to finish uh, on this episode. We'll we'll finish it up next time around. Um, but uh, Galacticon, you could, you could probably tell by the uh, the number of minutes left on the podcast that that was the case. But you know, <laughs> well, that is that is true. That's true. If, I mean, I would not everybody. Not everybody watches the clock. I they, guess they, they no. Just I guess <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, it's like when you're watching a movie, you know, and 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 like you, you know, you get caught up in the movie, and you're not really thinking about that, and then sometimes you're kind of like. When is this movie going to end? And you look down and you're like, oh, it's only got five minutes left. All right, we're cool. Um, so, so anyway, uh, Galacticon 16, July 9th through the 10th, 2005, Sheldon House, Jamestown, New York. This will be the, the, you know, the last of the first 16 Galacticons to be held at the Sheldon House. It would return to the Sheldon House, but it is worth noting that this is, you know, the last in that run. Um, joined by Gary Michael Capetta, uh, who recently, of course, just had a card released in the Ringside Personnel 4-pack for Legends of Wrestling. Uh, Troy Xavier would win the uh, Galacticon Cup this year with Chaos. Um, did we we yep. skipped last year? We didn't mention it. He also we- yeah, yeah. So this is, is back to back years for Troy, and I, I could be wrong, and I don't think I am. I think he beat me in the finals both years. Uh, beat me. I had chaos the first year or the previous year, beating me with disaster. Then knowing that I still wanted to win with chaos, Troy chose chaos the next year because he had to pick right before me, and then beat me with chaos. Oh. So you know, just. Started off that rubbing trend of just salt bad in the wound, blood. man. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I know he's laughing right now, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so Troy winning back to back Galacticon Cups, uh, and this year, uh, much to Todd's dismay with chaos, uh, we had Subversion 2120 released, and Ilio de Palo's restaurant uh, was uh, was hit up for a visit and uh, an Ilio card uh, to celebrate, of course, his career. Um, guys, Take it away, Mike. What do you remember uh, about the 16th Galacticon in 2005? Friday night at Ilio's restaurant. Um, that was really cool. I mean, it was a a, a bit of a haul up to Buffalo uh, yeah. from Jamestown, but well worth it. It was cool to meet Ilio's family. Um, you know, it was you know good food, um, and uh, you know Tim Dalton was in all his glory. Uh, uh, telling people about the restaurant, telling people about Elio's history in Buffalo um, and, you know, what he meant to the Buffalo scene and then getting that card, I think was really cool. And, and you can tell the family, you know, Tom's talked about this a lot. I've, I think I've talked about it on some other podcasts. Um, it's always cool when you get to see the family um, appreciate their loved one being recognized. So that was kind of cool. Um Plus, we had uh, the destroyer uh, joining us for the that's second right. year. That's right. That's right. That's right. The destroyer did come to dinner, so it was. Uh, and, and we did do a tournament. 
at that uh, dinner and the destroyer was in a Tim Dalton played as the destroyer managed by him. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember like, you know, getting instructions from the destroyers like, <laughs> should, should we throw him out of the ring? He's like, throw the bum out of the ring. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I remember uh, during the time there, there would be different, I think, different Ilio matches on, on the TV. Yep, on the TV, they were they had Ilio matches. I think there was a match with Gorgeous George. That was that the I remember. one I think everyone remembers was the classic Gorgeous George one, getting him up in the airplane spin. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. Loved it. Uh, and then, you know, Gary Michael Capetta, you know, was the special guest that year. Um, he came on Sunday only. But, right, yeah. right. But 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 he was he was really cool. Um, I thought, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Todd get, did get to hear his name called by yes. Gary Michael Capetta. So, yeah, we had the semifinals and finals of our trivia contest and Gary did the ring introductions. We had uh, theme music playing for everybody. I remember I came out to the demolition theme. I think it came out to a different theme song every round. And I remember one of them was uh, I guess million dollar man and one of them or something like that, or maybe that was a future year, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that was so cool. Having uh, Gary do the uh, introductions for everybody there. That's awesome. Um, and if I remember right in that one, I got a question wrong and it was, what was the address of Phil Singer games? Uh, which would co- <laughs> I got it wrong. I didn't know the PO box or the zip code exactly right, and it would be numbers that I would never forget in a few years after that. So yeah, <laughs> right. If, if that if that question was in the trivia contest this year, Todd, would you know the answer? I would definitely know the answer okay. to that. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and and just to throw a little love to Subversion Twenty One Twenty. Really cool set. Uh, of course, I saw the introduction to one of my favorite characters from you know from the later years, which is Trix. Uh, I prefer his Twenty One Twenty Three card to the Twenty One Twenty card. Uh, both the art and uh, uh, the stats. Um, that that Twenty One Twenty Three card. Man, he had a feud with Swarm that that is probably one of my all-time favorite feuds that I've ever run in in my fed. Um, but uh, yeah, just a, a great set all around. We also got the card for Nosfera, which I know is a, is, is a card that not only uh, fans love, but Tom uh, is a big fan of as well. Um, you know, uh, Bloodline uh, started his his uh, his slide, uh, if you will, uh, with that uh, twenty one twenty card. You know, being just a little 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 bit of a downgrade um, from you know from his height which was only a couple of years before but hey who am i to judge uh and uh we also of course saw some special edition cards for scimitar and that's right the fan favorite plethador um so just a really cool a uh, cool year um you know starting to kind of build slowly to um uh, to, to new things after the restart in 2119. Um, so another, uh, you know, another great year, uh, for Galacticon, uh, 2005, the 16th annual Galacticon, um, man, Ilio de Palo's restaurant. That's, uh, and just, I just, man, great times, great times that I wasn't there for, but I love hearing about, even if it does, you know, make me cry a little inside. All right, so there we have it. Brings us to Galacticon 16 2005. Um, again, we set ourselves up with a Herculean task, um, but rather than power through into the wee wee hours and tire ourselves and everyone else out, we're going to go ahead and put a pin in it for this time around and continue with the chronicles of Galacticon history uh, next time out. I think next time out. Todd, will we do it next time out? 
Well, I think we might wait two weeks uh, until like right before Galactic Cons. We, we do have a special episode next week. A special episode next week. I did yes. actually know about this. It's not a surprise to me, I promise. Um, so we'll get back to our Galacticon uh, chronicles here uh, in a couple of weeks. But next week, we do have a very special episode. Uh, and Todd, why don't you tell us all about it? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, Galacticon 1 and hearing from a couple of different people there. But uh, next week is going to be our Galacticon 1 reunion. Uh, so we're going to have a number of different people who are at that first Galacticon on here. I think uh, at least uh, the people who told me that they'll be here at least, you know, seven or eight, I think, uh, in the cards at this point from what I heard. Uh, and uh, who all that's going to be, you're going to have to wait till next week to find out. Tune in, listener. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a great time. We've had so much fun talking about Galacticon. And, you know, obviously doing this this Chronicles, it's just been, uh, I, I don't know, it's been making me itch to to, to roll the dice again and, and, and you know, get back to my GWF, uh, which I haven't rolled in a while. I've been focused on Legends and Indie stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, just so, so many great stories. And, of course, as we said, we would love to hear your stories as well. So please, you know, hop on the discussion boards and let let us know uh, and the road to Galacticon uh, some of your favorite stories uh, and memories of, of past Galacticon and feel free to hit us up if you have any questions about the very first Galacticon um, we can you know, throw them out to our panel our esteemed panel that we'll have with us yeah. next week um, which will be uh, a lot of fun um, but there's not much else to announce we've pretty much covered everything we don't have any special things uh, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute yes we do Todd Todd we have something special what's well, that I do, I do want to say you know we are uh, at this year's Galacticon we are are again doing the auction the charity auction that will uh, benefit the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame we've gotten some great donations from different people I know uh, we talked about two weeks ago with Mike Fortune about the um, the art that that he's doing with uh, Chaos uh, that he's donating there Um, and then a couple other donations Uh, Jim Steinhoff has let me know uh, he's donating a giant JR's barbecue uh, package uh, in there to kind of honor someone extra from the hall of fame. So that'll be something uh, cool to bid on. And uh, actually also uh, Travis Heckel, uh, who you know also does artwork for the uh, Jim Cornette drive-thru has gotten two different signed action figures of Jim Cornette that is being donated uh, to the hall. So we hope uh, that will uh, bring in some extra money there. If he and, really wanted um, to make me happy, he'd get a Midnight Express history book. Which is oh, sadly we'll out of print. On that. I'm telling you right now, man, that thing would sell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, one other thing I did want to say because we talked about earlier, 2000 was the first ever charity auction, and as I was kind of digging through, I did find out, you know, from that oh, very first yeah. charity auction, you showed a couple me this of the item, a couple oh. of the items that that sold that year. Uh, I'll just go read through like the the five big ones here. Uh, Incredible Badger 2088 original art by Chuck Carter went for $24. Massacre 2090 art by Chuck Carter, $24. Darkos 2092 original art by Chuck Carter, $26. Uh, Raven. Oh, this is the one that kills me. Raven 2095 art by Larry Snelly. Man, that's what I would love to have. You could have had it in 2000 for $30 or maybe $31 because it went for $30. I would, I would pay three times that and still feel like it was a steal. Like, (laughs) easy, easy. 
And then uh, Coup de Gras here, 2087 Executioner, the original 24 piece of art by Chuck Carter, went for the whopping sum of $32. <laughs> ten times that amount. With, with, yeah, with, ten, yeah. easy, easy could get ten times about that amount these days. Yeah, just oh, absolutely man. wild. Uh, I mean, I know in later years, uh, numbers would go up from there, but uh, that very first one uh, 21 years ago. Uh, I wish I people could that. see Mike's face right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was there for that. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want any art. You know, it's not cards. You know, uh, I should have got right. One. Oh, well. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> stink, stank, stunk. Oh, man. Well, I, you know, I, I can't wait to see the slew of pieces that are available for the auction this year. One of the really cool things uh, about the auction last year that, that I noticed, in addition, of course, to um, the, the generosity of so many of the promoters, is that, you know, even... I think I only bid on a couple of things, you know, mainly because it was one of those things where it's like, well, I know if, if, if I possibly win anything, I'm going to, you know, be one and done. So I'll, I'll wait for something that I just know I really, really want, but just seeing the cool stuff that was available um, and, and just kind of, it's one of those things where sometimes it's almost good enough just to lay your eyes on it, to know it's out there, to know that it's going to a good home, you know, it's like some of that stuff you want for yourself. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like, Oh, that's cool. And that's enough. That's enough for me sometimes to just look at something and be like, now that's, that's cool. Um, so I look forward to seeing what's, uh, what's available this, this coming Galacticon. Um, you can see what's available as well. If you make sure you grab your ticket to Galacticon, whether in person or virtual right now, it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, I think just the memories that we've already discussed uh, are enough of a sell. So I don't need to say much more than that. Uh, And I think it's just about time for us to go home. Mike, what do you say? Hey, great, great being with you as always, Sam. Happy to be here and uh, good night to my friends on the Baltic. Todd, what about you? Let's bring it home. Uh, very excited about next week and uh, getting to see everybody there for that uh, that reunion show. And uh, yeah, we are only a few short weeks away uh, from Galacticon itself. I still have so much to do, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun when it's there, though. Well, to my friends in Ireland, to Mike's friends in the Baltics, I bid you adieu. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Thank you so much, promoters. Hit us up on the uh, on the Phil Singer Games uh, message boards. We will talk to you very, very soon. We'll have that awesome episode next week with the attendees of the very first Galacticon. Some of them, anyway, not not all of them. That would just that'd be like herding cats. Uh, so anyway, take care in the meantime, and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>